Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy speculation and advice. Now, along with the guys from guillotineleagues.com, here's your host, Paul Charchian. It's a playoff edition of Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchian. My co-hosts today are... Matt Harrison and Brian Johnson. Hello, guys. Hey. It's this is the most important time of the year. It's I, finally for the for the rest of the non-guillotine league players. This is your 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 neck's on the line. You lose and you're out. These are the pivotal games. You want to know what's hilarious? I don't have any games this week. I either got a first round buy or I'm out. Oh, out. In all my leagues. So it's like I, I got so nothing bad. to do. All right. Why am I the only one with a playoff mustache? I thought we agreed we're growing uh, fantasy playoff mustaches. Uh, I thought you just thought it was Movember. Still? But no. I, yeah, the fantasy I don't stash. even know what year it is anymore, fantasy. to be honest with you. It all blends together eventually. Again, exciting show filled with playoff-relevant action. We have three games Saturday. We're going to break those down in yeah. just a minute. We'll continue to play Take a Chance on Me. We'll answer three tough questions. Now, these Saturday games... We're not going to give them to you for reasons I won't bore listeners with for in the order they're going to be played. We're going to juggle the order a little bit, but these are the three mm-hmm. these three games coming up on Saturday. Let's do uh, let's start with Baltimore taking on Cleveland. Yeah. It looks like Tyler Huntley will play in this game, which is good news. Correct. Tyler Huntley off the injury report. Of course, Lamar Jackson is out this week. Uh, the Browns have allowed the fewest rushing yards to opposing quarterbacks this year. Hmm. However... They've only really faced one running quarterback, and that was Lamar, Lamar Jackson, Jackson. Yeah. and he had 10 carries for 59 yards. Not bad. Huntley completes a very high percentage of throws for short yardage with vibes, which what Cleveland does defensively. He's only ever thrown for more than 220 yards in a game once in his career, so you're not going to get a lot through the air, but 
this is a high risk, high reward C grade, almost based solely on the run game for Huntley here. Yeah. Uh, as for the rest of the passing game, Mark Andrews is really the only consideration, and he gets just a C here. Andrews hasn't scored since week six, which is about the last time the Ravens had a wide receiver on the roster. Yeah. Uh, well, no, that is. That's, I mean, that's right when you know when when Rashad, Rashad Bateman, Bateman went down. Went down yeah. That was you know you'd think you'd think that Mark Andrews would have been better. With Bateman out. But well, really teams just flexed way. coverage specifically to stop the only receiving threat. Mm-hmm. Since week seven began, he's averaging three catches for 36 yards. That's oh. it. He's so pedestrian now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that includes the last meeting with Cleveland, who held Andrews to two targets and zero receptions. J.K. Dobbins gets a B grade, and Gus Edwards gets a C just after Charch wrote off the whole running game last week. J.K. Dobbins came back and had 120 yards and a score on 15 I'm carries. Like, I've had it with these guys. Uh, no more. And then, wham. And then oh. Gus took 13 carries for 66. That's not bad. That isn't bad. What, we'll talk more about those two later in the show. Yeah, that's what this team is going to do against Cleveland today uh or saturday the browns are allowing 5.2 yards per carry that's the third highest mark in the league they've also allowed 17 total touchdowns to running backs second most in the league so i like both of them on the other side nick chubb gets a b grade and i'm back to benching kareem hunt chubb dominated the touch total last week versus cincinnati 17-6 hunt was startable that one week against houston but the ravens are not houston the ravens are a top five team in yards per carry rushing yards allowed, and combo yards allowed per game at about 110 per. Chubb had 107 yards and a score in the Week 7 meeting. I know it's a different defense with Roquan Smith, but just three weeks ago, Jermichael Hasty was able to tally 95 total yards and a score on 17 touches. It feels like that's where Chubb is. Uh, QB Browns had looked slightly better last week, had 276 and a score and 33 on the ground in his second game back. The Ravens have allowed the fifth most passing yards, but have allowed zero or one passing touchdowns in nine of the last 11 games. So it seems like a decent yardage, low touchdown passing affair, so he gets a C. Okay, wait, do you have, are you a conscientious objector to Deshaun Watson's name? I have been all year. I have not said his name once. <laughs> I've been calling him QB Browns like Tech Mobile all year. <laughs> okay. Uh, Amari Cooper. Way, he scored one touchdown in eight quarters <laughs> so far. And so I don't, you know, I don't think I don't think even there's many people even considering him anyway. By the way, we said Washington football team before they were even Washington football team on this show. Okay, way back in the day, right. it was just Washington <laughs> team. But yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples Jones. Cooper sat out of practice on Tuesday and Wednesday, was limited on Thursday. Kevin Stefanski said he'll be good to go for Saturday's game, but it's both a hip and a core injury for Cooper, and he's been pretty ineffective for the Browns since the new quarterback took over. On 16 targets in those two weeks, he's only managed six catches for 82 scoreless yards. DPJ, on the other hand, flourished last week. 12 targets, 8 catches, 114 yards, and has managed double-digit PPR points in 6 of his last 8. So I'm giving Cooper a C and Donovan Peoples-Jones a B grade in this one. Uh, And David Njoku, he gets just a C grade. 7 for 71 in the first meeting with the Ravens. And they're a middle-of-the-pack tight end defense. Greg Dulcich did manage 6 for 85 two weeks ago. And last week, Pat Fryermuth did find the end zone against Baltimore. I'm surprised you're so low on Njoku, and and yet you're higher on Donovan Peoples-Jones. Well, because Donovan Peoples-Jones puts up more numbers than David Njoku. I don't know. That's why. Relative to their position, Njoku seems like a a pretty safe play. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a C grade. 
are you going to cancel my name at some point? What, what, I'm a little probably. Worried. I mean, I, you know, you know things that I do. On by the way, podcast. would you rather play Injoku or Mark Andrews in this one? Oh, Injoku. I th- I think that is yeah, correct. That's where we're at if right we now. had levels of C grades, well, like pluses call, or minuses well, or something call like Injoku that, Injoku will be. That's all you have to do. <laughs> right, you're done, right? You I'm omitted done. one very important fact from What's that, that matchup. J.K. Dobbins' birthday game. Oh, Actual that's right. I forgot. Yes. The J.K. Dobbins' birthday game, which is good unless he tweets that it's his birthday. Yeah, you can't tweet about your own birthday. Okay. Miami's taking on Buffalo, Brian, in a weather, potential weather game. Everybody's all freaked out. I think people are way overreacting to this based on what we know right now. It may not, the, the snow might even be cleared by the time there's kickoff on this game. And even so, they're talking about like four inches of snow. They'll, you know, Buffalo's built for this. I'm not sweating it yet. And I'm not going to until right before kickoff when I see what the actual conditions on the field are. I'm sweating it a little bit. It's oh, more like a stop. foot. Winds around 15 miles per hour, which aren't 15 awful. Is nothing it's for something. Josh Allen. Um, but, yeah, these teams, this will be the second meeting they played in week three in Miami. There definitely wasn't any snow in that game. So we'll reference uh, those stats a little bit. Starting on the Dolphins side, we're on the road. I got Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert on the bench I will give a C to Mostert if Wilson somehow sits. There is a possibility mm-hmm. that happens. The Bills have allowed the eighth fewest rushing yards to opposing running backs, and only three individual opposing backs have top 70 yards against them. One was Zonovan Knight last week, though, so that that's good. And that was most likely because Von Miller has been on IR. That's a, that's a plus for the the Dolphins' backs. But again, if they both play, I got them both on the bench. Agreed. In this one, you know, they might be completely invisible as running backs, though. If the Dolphins wear all white, you might not be able to see, see them at all. Oh, and and yeah. you have to factor. I know, like every Dolphins player isn't from Florida, but the state shuts down when when <laughs> it drops below sixty degrees in Florida. So they're gonna. <laughs> Tua says that it snows in Alabama, so you got to factor that in. We'll factor that. I'm going to factor a few things with Tyreek Hill, who I'm only giving a C to in this game. He's nursing an ankle injury, playing on a short week, coming off Sunday night football, playing on Saturday this week. There are the weather concerns. And he only had two scoreless catches for 33 yards in the first meeting. And that was when Tredavious Ward was not playing. White, I'm sorry. White was not playing. He is playing in this game. Uh, one of the better corners in the league and should be covering Tyreek Hill quite a bit. You definitely got to start him, unless it's a guillotine league. I think it's a little dicey in guillotine leagues, but standard leagues, you're starting him, but temper your expectations. I like Jalen Waddle a little more in this game, giving him a B, even though he's been slumping big time over the last two weeks. Just three catches for 40 scoreless yards. He hasn't scored in four straight games, and I didn't realize this, but he's only scored in four games this year. All of his touchdowns have come in four games. Now, this Waddle to me is very dangerous. You you and I could not disagree more on this game. Well, hmm. it'd be fitting to do for him to do the penguin dance in the snow, right? So that's why I feel oh, like the touchdown. That's why you're all right. The that that makes sense. That's good research right there. He didn't score in the first meeting. He did have four catches up for 102 yards. He should see coverage uh from Dane Jackson often, who's surrendered three touchdowns over the last five games. And just he, there's no injury concern here, no Tredavious White concern. I like Waddle a little more, but you're starting both he and Tyreek Hill, you're not starting Mike Kosicki. He's on the bench. And I'm only giving Tua a C here. If you recall, the, uh, the the Bills game was a game where he got knocked out, but then came back in, mm. which became very controversial Controversial the following week when he got yeah, knocked out right, again. Right. So he, he only finished with 161 passing yards and a touchdown in the first meeting, which kind of feels like his borderline ceiling here. The Bills have surrendered zero or one passing touchdowns in five of their last seven games 
And the two games they allowed multiple scores during that span were the indoor games in Detroit. And they're not playing in Detroit this week. So I just got to see for Tua over to the Bills side, Devin Singletary, James Cook. I'm benching Singletary, and I'll give Cook the C. The Dolphins are allowing only 70 rushing yards per game on 3.8 yards per carry. Yeah, that's a good, that's a sneaky good run defense for the Dolphins. And they're clearly going to spit uh, split time. <laughs> um, but Miami has surrendered the sixth most receiving yards to running backs. And over the last two weeks alone, opposing backs have totaled 20 catches against Miami. So Cook is the pass catching back here. So I like him with the C. I got Singletary on the bench. Definitely not benching Stefan Diggs. Just going to give him a B just because of the weather concerns a little bit. I mean, you're starting him. I mean, don't worry. I'm a little concerned, Charge. We can disagree here. All right. I mean, I, all I'm saying is, can we can we hit the panic button when we I, actually see I, terrible conditions? But on I the feel field? like we've we've been through this over the last 20 years on this show, where the big snow game happens, everybody freaks out like it's going to be low scoring, but the wide receivers are still fine because they know where they're going. It's the mm-hmm. defensive backs yep. who have to cut and cover. That's been true in some cases, and others not so much. So okay. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, there's I, like one game a year where weather actually, like, you know, totally suppresses, you know, the the score of the game. Maybe this is going to be it. If the winds were a little lower, I would, but anyway. All right. We've gotten into be, weatherman territory. Modest, <laughs> modest seven catches, 74 yards in the first meeting for Diggs. He did score in both games against Miami last year. Mike Williams had a monster game against the Dolphins last week, and Diggs could certainly do the same. So, fine. I'll give him an A. No concerns with Stefan Diggs. I have concerns for Gabe Davis. Yeah, though. you should if you've started him basically in all any of other than two games this year. Yeah. Uh, first off, you're not going to play Isaiah McKenzie, especially since they signed Cole Beasley. That shows how much yeah. faith they have in uh, Isaiah McKenzie. But I'm still benching Gabe Davis as well. He has scored in three of his four career meetings against the Dolphins, but the game he failed to score in was the one earlier this season. And Davis has also topped 70 yards or five catches just once over his last seven games. He's a touchdown-dependent wide receiver, and that's not someone you can trust in the fantasy playoffs. I do trust Dawson Knox giving him a C. The Dolphins are top eight in the most catches, yards, and touchdowns allowed to tight ends on a per-game basis. Miami's Eric Rowe is pro football-focused's seventh-worst safety in coverage, allowing, allowing the third-most yards and receptions in his coverage. And Knox had only four catches for 25 yards in the first meeting, but Quinton Morris and Reggie Gilliam combined for four catches and 44 hmm. yards. So hopefully that all goes to Knox. I like him with the C. And lastly, Josh Allen, he gets an A. I don't really think I need to go into that. The design rushing plays are coming back. Yeah, they are starting to come back. 447 total yards and two touchdowns in the first yep. meeting. Love I think that. it was uh, six designed rushing plays last week for him, if uh, if I remember correctly. When we come back, we'll get to the uh, the th- the third of three of your – actually, this it's a non-Saturday matchup. I think that's next. Uh, we'll get to this uh, – we'll get to Falcons taking on Saints coming up next. We'll work in the final Saturday game, India at Minnesota, a little bit later in the show. Stay tuned. More Fantasy Football Weekly coming up next. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. 
Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. on me nine players not normally in your starting lineup hey even though it's the playoffs you should have a great roster that doesn't mean injuries and other things have happened that have forced you to look for some unusual potential starters yeah maybe you lost kyler murray last week as as one example we'll talk about how bad that is a little bit later in the show i'd like to think that the daily fantasy players like this segment a lot too usually you get your your value yeah out of of take-home yeah uh, let's begin at the quarterback position, Matt. Mac Jones has struggled a bit this season with the new offensive coordinator, but he faces his old one this week in Josh McDaniels. While he may be able to shed some light on Mac Jones's weaknesses, McDaniels has a weakness of his own. It's his defense. <laughs> I like that. Uh, they've allowed the fourth most passing yards this year, eighth most touchdowns at 21 in 13 games, and they've only intercepted four passes all year. Not to mention, don't you think Bill Belichick wants to run it up on his former pupil? Oh, he oh, would yeah. never do that. Never. Oh, no. Yeah, Mac Jones. All right, let's go to uh, Brian. Your take a chance on me, quarterback. I'm going to take a chance on Z, Wilson, Zach Wilson, oh, the wow. mill hunter. 
at wow. home against the Lions. <laughs> uh, if you hadn't heard, Mike White has been ruled out with a broken rib. Tried to get cleared by 10 different independent doctors. Wow. <laughs> That's a guy. I'll take an eighth opinion. I'll take a ninth opinion. He needs to go see Dr. Nick Riviera if he wants to play in this game. Hi, everybody. Sadly, he's a cartoon character. Uh, Zach Wilson's kind of a cartoon character. He is. But, hey, it's a good matchup. The the Lions' suddenly stout run defense has funneled their opposition to the pass. It's true. Since week eight, they're yielding nearly 40 pass attempts per game, and opposing quarterbacks have averaged 291 Passing yards at 1.7 passing touchdowns per game. Detroit has also allowed the most rushing attempts, yards, and touchdowns to quarterbacks this season. Wilson's—he's got some wheels. Not—he's not, he's not um, Justin not Fields really. by any means. He—he's got some mobility. But hey, if you're desperate, it's a great matchup for for Zach. Matt Ryan faces the Vikings on Saturday. The last seven non-Heineke quarterbacks to face <laughs> Minnesota have thrown for. 329 yards, 326 yards, 330, 307, 382, 369, and 330 yards. Seems like he'll get over 300. That level of ineptitude creates the most favorable matchup of Matt Ryan's entire season, and he's had some explosive games this year. He's topped 350 yards three different times, although none under Jeff Saturday, who's got the run-heavy approach here. All three of Ryan's receivers have got positive individual matchups. We'll talk about all of them a little bit later. Vikings allow the most passing yards, the second most completions, and every opposing quarterback has scored since the opener. Let's go to the running back position. You're taking a chance to me, runner, Matt. I think it's going to be Mac Jones's favorite target, Pierre Strong. Oh, Ramondre Stevenson just practiced for the first time on Friday with an ankle injury. He was very limited. Damian Harris was limited in practice on Thursday and Friday, and the Patriots reporter Chris Mason of MassLive.com said he doesn't look particularly close to 100%. And last week it was Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris who filled in. Strong might be the sneaky play because he took five carries for 70 yards, but he also chipped in two catches and 20 yards in the passing game. Kevin Harris wasn't targeted at all, and they faced the Raiders' defense, who's allowed the most receiving yards to opposing runners this year. Even if Stevenson or Harris does go, he had, Harris hasn't been involved in the passing game at all. No. I think Pierre is a strong play. Oh. Oh, uh, gosh. Okay. Uh, you're running back. Let's uh, let's move on quickly from that debacle. It's not Pierre Thomas. Remember Pierre Thomas? I do. I love Pierre oh. Thomas. Man, I love Pierre, Pierre Thomas. Uh, oh, he's good. I, I like Antonio Gibson at home against the Giants. We'll get into this game more later, but it's a weird scenario where these teams last played in week 13 two weeks ago. And the Commanders were on bye last week, so they they got back-to-back games against the Giants. So they they're certainly ready <laughs> to play New York in this one. Who were uh, who, the Giants were gashed on the ground by the Eagles last week with defensive tackle Leonard Williams uh, out with a neck injury. He is questionable to play on Sunday night, and uh, the Giants have now allowed eight straight games to an opposing running back to have at least 94 yards or a touchdown. I know Brian Robinson will be. The lead back, but I kind of just think the commanders roll the Giants in this one, and Gibson should uh, see some significant work here. I think Brian Robinson sitting on the best game of his yeah, career. He'll, he'll be getting a good talk, grade later talk on. Talk more about that later. Uh, you'll remember all preseason, I begged people not to draft Cam Akers. Mm. Well, it's come around to the point where now I'm, I'm, I'm actually giving him a take a chance on the opportunity on Monday night. He dominated the carries last week with 12. Um, but he's been, and he's been, don't get me wrong. He's been bad. Like every other Ram trying to run behind 10th stringers on the offensive line. But 
The Packers rank 26th in run defense by Pro Football Focus, and opposing number one runners almost always get paid. Opposing lead runners have scored or topped 73 yards in 10 of 13 games against Green Bay. The last four lead runners have all scored touchdowns against Green Bay. So, look, if you need a dart throw, Monday night, Cam Akers. Let's go to the wide receivers. Well, I shouldn't say that. Receivers, because you often go tight end, man. Yeah, I went wide receiver okay, just to mess time. with you. Yeah, you uh, Michael Gallup, uh, six or more targets in five of his last six games, but he's really passed the eye test over the last month or so, uh, making some great contested catches, and he scored twice against Indy just two weeks ago. Faces a Jags defense that is allowing the third most touchdowns to the wide receiver position. They're at 16 through 13 games. And second, wide receivers have had a lot of success against the Jags as of recent. Detroit's DJ Chark had five catches for 98 yards. Even Marquez Valdez-Scantling had 60 yards in a score just a couple of weeks ago. Michael Gallup, let's go. All right, Michael Gallup, your take a chance at me, wide receiver. Uh, it's another reclamation project from the New York Jets and Elijah Moore. <laughs> okay. Gonna pair him with Zach Wilson. Oh, boy. You only live once. Uh, again, they're at home against the Lions, who quite simply are not good covering opposing slot-wide receivers. Since week eight, they've allowed the most PPR points to the position. And unfortunately, Moore was in a smash spot with Mike White as quarterback. Uh, Moore has had four red zone targets over the last two weeks. But I don't know. We know Zach Wilson like hates Garrett Wilson, so I like <laughs> Elijah Moore a little more in this one. By the, I, I can't turn up anything on Pierre Thomas. I don't know whatever he's been doing. He's doing it in secret. There is no, there's like nothing. On, it's like he fell off the face of the earth after he retired. That's exactly what he Pierre wanted Thomas, to do. If you're listening, tell us what's happening in your life. We're curious. <laughs> we miss you, Pierre. I do miss Pierre. Um, lucky oh. Pierre. Uh, my take a chance to be wide receiver, Paris Campbell. I I will. I am also <laughs> combining a wide receiver with a quarterback. I told you I loved Matt Ryan this week. Uh, the only person who's more of a Paris Campbell fan than me is Matt Ryan. Ryan has gotten more production out of Campbell than anybody in Campbell's career, and it's not close. Over Ryan's last five games, Pierre, uh, Paris Campbell averaging five receptions, 54 yards, and half a touchdown. That is solid. He's going to face a Vikings defense that allows the most yards, most receptions to opposing running backs, or sorry, opposing receivers. His slot matchup is against Vikings cornerback Chandon Sullivan, who's been better lately, including uh, keeping Amon Ross St. Brown in check last week. But on the season, Sullivan giving up a very healthy 77% catch rate, highest, one of the highest in the league. Pierre Thomas's real first name is Charles. I did not know that. Neither did I. Uh, Is his middle name Pierre? How do you end up? Charles Pierre Pierre Thomas Thomas. Jr. At some point, you just go, I'm tired of people calling me Chuck. You need, I want something a little more sophisticated. He's also a junior, so, you know. Maybe that, yeah, I wanted to be different than that. Maybe that was it. Uh, All right, let's go to uh, the other Saturday game, which is Indianapolis taking on the Minnesota Vikings. I already told you Matt Ryan was my take a chance of me quarterback. Paris Campbell was my take a chance of me wide receiver. So you can assume I like Michael Pittman here. He posted a dud game before the bye, but the bounce back is coming in a big way. He runs from all over the field. He's got plus matchups at every stop, particularly on the outside against cornerback Cam Dantzler, who came off IR last week and promptly allowed an 80% completion rate and a touchdown. As I already mentioned a moment ago, Minnesota allowing the most yards and receptions to opposing receivers. So a primo matchup for Michael Pittman with an A grade in this one and a C grade on Alec Pierce. As I, you know, it's all there's so much there's so much to be had through the air against Minnesota and outside receivers have been hammering the Vikings last week. DJ Chark and Josh Reynolds were unstoppable. Before that, it was Garrett Wilson. Before that, it was Devontae Parker and Nelson Aguilar. Look, I go all the way back to the, basically the Vikings' entire year. 
and find duos that have performed well against the Vikings, especially from the outside. Pierce is a big-bodied receiver who can match the physical play of Patrick Peterson and Cam Dantzler. The tight ends are out of play here because they're all reasonably healthy, and that means Johnny Woods and Mo Ali Cox and Kylan Granson. It's they're all, they could any any of them could get use. So we're gonna throw them all out. That just leaves Jonathan Taylor. The path of least resistance against the Vikings is certainly through the air, but Jeff Saturday is averaging 24 touches for Jonathan Taylor per game. So you figure he's gonna get some volume here anyway. The Vikings allowing the seventh fewest rushing yards on the fifth lowest yards per carry. So this is not an easy job for Jonathan Taylor. Still, he could chip in some receptions. Minnesota allows the fifth most receptions and receiving yards to the position. And Taylor's usually good for three catches per game. So I think in totality, this feels like a B grade for Jonathan Taylor. Viking side, uh, Justin Jefferson's an A grade, but I'll mention he's got a tough tangle with Stefan Gilmore for most of this game. Gilmore shadows opposing number ones often and has not allowed a touchdown in his coverage. Still, it's Justin Jefferson. You're certainly starting him. Well, staying with the uh, the passing game here, Adam Thielen gets a C grade, lines up all over the field, but will most often see cornerback Isaiah Rogers on the right side of the field. Rogers is allowing a whopping 82% of the passes in his coverage to be completed. He's only allowed one touchdown all year, but it came in his last game to Michael Gallup, who Matt just mentioned. Yeah. Last part of the uh, last, uh, well, a couple more players from the uh, among the receivers here for the Vikings. TJ Hawkinson, B grade here. He's uh, consistently in that six catch, 50 range. Uh, solid, not amazing. Uh, only one touchdown so far as a member of the Vikings. He'll face a Colts defense that has yet to allow a tight end performance above 58 yards. They've only given up one touchdown to tight end since week four. I do like Hawkinson's individual matchup. He'll often be covered by linebacker Bobby Oak. Okreeky, Okreeky, sure. Oh, Creaky, Bobby. <laughs> He's consistently attacked. What just happened? I think He's Charge a... broke on that name. <laughs> like it's week fifteen. I can break. He just cast uh, a spell on you. <laughs> He's uh, he is the backup behind Shaquille Leonard. And uh, he's allowed the second most targets, the most receptions, and the seventh most yards among linebackers since he started. And um, and that's a good opportunity for TJ Hawkinson. Be great on him. Kirk Cousins coming off the best game of his of his season and one of the best games of his career, really. Quietly, Indy's pass defense, though, elite, allowing just 189 yards per game. No quarterback has topped 279 yards on the Colts all year. Passers have failed to top the meager milestone of 190 yards in six of the last eight games against Indy. Justin Jefferson alone makes Cousins startable, and I've got a C grade on him here. Um, And I like that the Colts' pass rush is not that good. They rank 30th in pass rush by Pro Football Focus. I've got a C grade on Cousins in a sneaky, tough matchup. Lastly, Dalvin Cook. After a series of grueling matchups and without his left tackle, it's finally a strongly positive matchup for Cook. Colts are bottom 12 in rushing yards, rushing scores, receptions to running backs, and receiving yards allowed to running backs. And in their two games prior to the bye, Indy gave up six rushing touchdowns in those two games and five and a half yards per carry. A grade for Dalvin Cook. It's about time we can finally talk about Dalvin Cook with a fair amount of confidence. Let's, uh, let's take a break. When we come back, final uh, set of matchups for our number one, including the Dallas Cowboys taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Christian Kirk has been promising all season. We'll see if that's going to continue. And Trevor Lawrence, who's been running hot and cold against the awesome pass rush of the Dallas Cowboys. Matt Harrison will tell you what to expect. Yes, I will. 
to Fantasy Football Weekly. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Welcome back, Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and GuillotineLeagues.com. Matt Harrison and Brian Johnson with you. Big block O matchups, beginning with Dallas taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Matt, Tony Pollard has been electric. Zeke has been stable for fantasy mm-hmm. owners. What do you think of that duo this week in Jacksonville? They both get an A. Uh, Cowboys running backs have scored 12 touchdowns in the last five games. Man, that's, that's crazy. That is crazy. Uh, Jacksonville has allowed the ninth most rushing touchdowns on the year. So I have a feeling they're both going to score here. Dak Prescott gets an A as well. Jacksonville, bottom 10 in passing yards, passing scores, and rushing yards allowed to the quarterback position in case Dak wants to run one in. Yeah. Uh, C.D. Lamb gets an A, and Michael Gallup gets a B as my take a chance on me receiver. I mentioned Jacksonville likes to give up touchdowns to wide receivers, mm-hmm. and Lamb has scored or topped 100 yards in four of his last six. Dalton Schultz, I called Dalton as Dak's only touchdown pass last week. It didn't work. But Dak only did have one passing score, went to Tony Pollard. Schultz did come away with six catches, 87 yeah, yards yeah, we'll on 10 take, targets. Yeah, we'll take that That's out of the tight good. end position every week. Over the last five weeks, Dalton Schultz is tight end two 
yeah. behind Travis Kelsey. He's an A grade. The Jags are allowing the third most yards to opposing tight ends. Love it. On the Jacksonville side, Travis Etienne faced a similarly good run defense last week in the Titans. He took 17 carries for 32 yards. Now, randomly, the Cowboys have allowed the ninth most rushing yards to running backs, but they don't give up touchdowns. Only six total on the year. Uh, it's unlikely he finds the end zone, so just a C grade for Etienne. Trevor Lawrence is going to play despite missing some practices with a toe injury this week and last week. He's faced three of the worst pass defenses in the league the last mm. three weeks, returned two games of over 300 yards with three scores in each of those, but then he played Detroit and put up a stinker in 179 and one. This week he gets Dallas, who's top six in passing yards and touchdowns allowed. The bright spot is the Cowboys have allowed multiple passing scores four times in the last eight games, but that's the whole season. If it's me, I leave Lawrence on the bench, but in, sing in single quarterback leagues for sure. If it's super flex, I get one of those fantasy football weekly commemorative coins and flip it. <laughs> okay, I like it. Uh, I want to tell you to start a Jags receiver. I'll give Christian Kirk the lowest possible C grade here simply because he gets oh. the target share. In the last seven games, he's averaging a target nine times per game. Nine times. Nine times. You're absolutely playing with fire in the fantasy playoffs if you're starting Zay Jones, though. You're chasing the upside of the 11 for 145 he had two weeks ago mm -hmm. or the 877 and a score he had last week against Tennessee. But he could end up with the two for 16 he had against Detroit in the middle there. Dallas has allowed 14 touchdowns to wide receivers, which is sixth most in the league. So Zay Jones is like the super high risk, super high reward play. Like if you played George Kittle last night in your fantasy playoffs yeah, and you, and you need, need that swing for the fence upside, that's Zay Jones. I think you're underestimating Christian Kirk. You know, they lost their slot cornerback, Jordan Lewis. Okay. And Deron Bland has been manning the slot. He gives up an 82% catch rate. And Kirk is the nookie blankie. He's the the, the whoopie. Yeah, the whoopie. Yeah. Uh, for Trevor Lawrence, I think uh, I think you're underestimating Christian Kirk. You said C grade. I have him on almost an A grade in my ranking. Well, I mean, how about his favorite wide receiver, Evan Engram? <laughs> okay. Who rocketed up to tight end five in PPR leagues? Eleven catches, 162 yards, and two scores. Uh, last week. Last week. His single game last week was more points than Darren Waller has scored all year. And kudos to Brian for picking him up mid-matchup last week on the show. Uh, likely probably to replace Darren Waller on your team, I would think, right? Yeah, I've been streaming ever since Waller <laughs> went down. Uh, the Cowboys have only allowed one tight end touchdown this year, and only one tight end has topped 50 yards against them this year. He's a C-grade mostly because the Cowboys haven't faced any tight ends better than Dallas Goddard or TJ Hawkinson. Evan Ingram might be the best tight end they've faced all year. Mm. Uh, nice call on Evan Ingram last week. Actually, you two hammered your take-homs. You hammered almost all these dart throws. We had a guys. good week last week. You, got, you two had about the best week I can remember you having. I mean, like, ever as a combo platter. Wow. That was an amazing I, week. I, I appreciate that. Brian? I did only give Engram a C, but the, the, the picking him up mid-show, I guess, really. <laughs> you did pick him up mid-show. <laughs> that helped. Uh, you cemented it. Uh, let's go to the Detroit Lions taking on the New York Jets. On the Detroit side, they come off a high, another in a series of high-flying offensive games, but this is the best defense they've seen in a long time. These Jets cornerbacks are awesome. What do you think of Jared Goff and this passing game, Brian? Yeah, argue, arguably their uh, toughest matchup all year, starting with Jared Goff. Just a C for him with seven touchdown passes over his last three. He's been lights out, but a matchup with the Jets is the last thing fantasy managers want to see on the schedule. New York has surrendered a measly five passing touchdowns over their last ten games and during that same span, no opposing quarterback has managed 
to top 250 passing yards. And that's why I have just a C on Amon Ross St. Brown. Over the last five weeks, New York has allowed the third fewest receptions and yards to wide receivers in just two touchdowns. Cornerback Michael Carter, not running back, right, uh, has allowed a passer rating of just 67 from the slot where St. Brown lines up over half mm-hmm. of the time. He's not going to find much space on the outside either against Sauce Gardner or DJ Reed. So just the C for St. Brown. And uh, for those reasons, I have DJ Chark and Jamison Williams who is playing in a spite game, by the way. Jets took Garrett Wilson a couple picks before Jameson Williams. It's true. Uh, they're both on the bench in this one. It's just a, a brutal matchup. Uh, DeAndre Swift on the bench as well. I will give uh, Jamal Williams a C. Swift has had double-digit touches in just one of his last six games, so he's yeah. a pretty easy sit in a pretty tough matchup. I kept thinking, you know, a month ago, he was going to slowly get healthier and his role was going to expand, but DeAndre Swift's role really hasn't changed in the last month, and it continues to be middling and a little random, I don't think you can start him at this point. Fantasy playoffs, you know, your head on the line, no thanks. Nope. He's on the bench. but and, and Lions' run defense has been awesome for over a month. Well, they don't have to play against their own run defense. Well, that helps. Yeah, that yeah, Good point. But uh, Jamal Williams, though, again, gets the C. He leads the league with 33 carries inside the 10-yard line, leads the league in rushing touchdowns. You're praying for a goal line plunge here, but you might get it because defensive tackle Quinnen Williams hasn't practiced all week. Unlikely to play. He still could, but uh, that'd be a big boon for Williams. So I, I will mm-hmm. give him the C. Uh, over to the Jets side and Zonovan Bam Knight. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> <laughs> we were waiting on this. What? You, you got, remember, yeah, remember, do it again. Bam, bam. That's a lot of bams for just giving him a C, though, unfortunately. <laughs> I was going to be like, bam, bam from the Flintstones. I want to hear it one more time. Because the, uh, bam, 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 bam. yeah, the Flintstones would have been a good one, too. <laughs> Emerald's more recent in the memory than uh, bam, bam from the Flintstones. Oh, yeah. Uh, but as Charge just mentioned, the Detroit defense is, is legit. No longer a soft matchup for opposing mm-hmm. running backs. Over their last five games, the Lions have allowed a measly 382 combo yards to running backs. So that's 76 per game rushing and receiving, and just two touchdowns of the position over the, that five-game spam. <laughs> span. But Bam <laughs> has spam. looked great. Hey, there used to be a uh, can of Spam I left in here, and someone took it. Oh, that's funny. It is <laughs> Minnesota. Uh, Bam has looked great, though. He has forced 25 missed tackles over his last three games. Volume-based play, but a tough matchup. So just a C for uh, Bam. Uh, I was going to give Garrett Wilson an A, in the, until. in the reverse spike game against right. Jamison Williams, yes, until Mike White was ruled out. So I'm dropping him to a C with uh, uh, Zach Wilson, at quarterback. Yeah, Wilson hates him. He does. The, the splits have proven it. Hopefully they break that trend, but uh, it is a good matchup on paper. Over Detroit's last five games, they've surrendered five wide receiver touchdowns and have allowed a 200-yard wide receiver performance and two 100-yard wide receiver performances. So, uh, C for Wilson, and basically I gave Elijah Moore a C. He was my take-a-chance-on-me wide receiver. Uh, C for Tyler Conklin as well. The Lions are allowing more than five catches and 55 yards per game to tight ends, and they have also surrendered the third-most touchdowns to the position. And uh, so I I like the receivers enough, and that's why Zach Wilson was my take-a-chance-on-me quarterback. I'm going to add a little something to how good this Lions run defense is because I, I fear that listeners don't realize Dalvin Cook just ran 15 times for 23 yards. Before that, Travis Etienne, 54 yards. A couple of games before that, Saquon Barkley, 22 yards. 
uh, and a couple of games before that, Aaron Jones, 25 yards. I mean, these are some of the best, most productive runners in the NFL that have been put on horrific games against the Lions' run defense. They're biting their kneecaps off, just as uh, Dan uh, Dan Campbell 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 said. Absolutely. Indianapolis Colts, nope, not doing that one, sorry. Falcons taking on the Saints. It is the first, it's the big regular season debut for Desmond Ritter. Uh, if, if he was especially promising, we'd have seen him a long time ago. Uh, we have everybody on Atlanta on the bench in this one. The uh, the Ritter bit, we're not going to start him or any other part of the passing game when we don't know a lot about what he could possibly bring. We know he has a strong arm. He has a little mobility, uh, but that is it. And it's above average Saints pass defense that foils bottom tier passers repeatedly. Drake London is the only receiver you'd consider, but he, get this, Drake London He's been under 40 yards in 10 of the past 11 games. I mean, he's killing fantasy teams. We're going to put that whole passing game on the bench, and all the runners are on the bench here, too. Cordero Patterson, Tyler Algier, Chet Huntley. Uh, The Falcons run a lot, but that volume doesn't always mean big games. All the runners share carries, and nobody gets a bankable amount of work. And in the last three games, New Orleans has been very good against the run, only allowing one back to reach even 50 yards against them. And again, Desmond Ritter throws a sizable question mark into the whole offense. They're all on the bench. Let's go to the Saints side where there's not a lot to like here either, frankly. You think of the Falcons as being pretty soft, but there's and there's a few angles, but not many. Let's start with one of the fantasy assassins of this year, Alvin Kamara. <laughs> it's been seven games since Alvin Kamara topped three and a half yards per carry. That's horrific. And it's been six games since he scored. And remember, he scored in one game all year. That's it. The Falcons could be a get-right spot for Kamara, particularly with Mark Ingram out, because he'll get a lot of volume here. Over the last seven games, Atlanta's allowed a running back to rush for at least 86 yards or score, including three 100-yard performances. But I can't get Kamara above a C grade based on what he's done so far. Let's go to the passing game. Chris Olave gets a C. Atlanta feels like a positive matchup on uh, when you just say it like Chris Olave against the Falcons, but they've actually been excellent against wideouts of late. Over the last five weeks, they've allowed the fewest receptions, the fewest yards, and the fewest touchdowns to opposing receivers. And a lot of that's because after early season struggles, their top cornerback, A.J. Terrell, has been outstanding, and he likely shadows Olave in this one. Since returning from injury in Week 11, A.J. Terrell has allowed three total catches since Week 11. No scores and a passer rating of 40 in his coverage. So I can't get more than a C for Chris Olave and a strongly considered a bench grade here. You could try a dart throw on Rashid Shahid, who blew up last week, and he'll start on the outside again. The beauty of him is he doesn't face A.J. Terrell, who'll be shadowing Chris Olave. He'll get Darren Hall, who's not very good. He owns a pro football focus ranking as quarterback 61. And he got burned for two touchdowns two weeks ago. I'm giving a C grade to Rashid Shahid in this game. Everybody else is on the bench. Andy Dalton's on the bench. Falcons have proven they can hold bottom-tier passers in check. Facing most of guys at Dalton's level over the past six week, they've only, weeks, they've only allowed one touchdown per game. And the two uh, tight ends, Juwan Johnson and uh, Adam Troutman, are both dealing with ankle injuries. And I don't want to watch them hobble through a game and split time between the two of them. If one of them misses entirely, I guess you could start the other one but I think you're probably better off looking elsewhere. Final matchup is of this segment, Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Chicago Bears. This could be a 
massively one-sided affair against a deeply slumping Chicago defense. Is there anything not to like about the Philadelphia Eagles? Here? It's going to be a bloodbath. It could uh, be. Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown, their A Obvious grades, and A's. I don't feel I need to expand there. You do not. Miles Sanders is an easy A as well. Chicago allowing the sixth most rushing yards and the third most rushing TDs. Devonta Smith is the only other Eagle you might start. Yeah, this is, this is complicated, though. I'm giving him a B. He has scored in each of the past two weeks, has seen at least eight targets in five straight games, and that's after a bit of a roller coaster in that category earlier in the year. Over the last five weeks, which is only four games for the Bears, they've allowed six total wide receiver touchdowns, and that's the fifth most in that span. And they're the only team in that bottom five that played four games instead of five. So yeah, I think the catch on Devontae Smith, though, is when Dallas Goddard plays, that dude's all over the map, including some bad games. And if Goddard comes back, I'm worried about Jalen Hurts being able to keep him fed. Yeah, Goddard a little questionable. And I don't know why the Eagles would rush him back in this matchup, in this matchup right? at, yeah. at all. So. But doesn't it say if Goddard does play, it means he's probably, probably pretty, pretty close, close to 100%. 100%. I guess if he goes, he's probably a C grade. I'm just nervous that they might go, ah, let's put the kid gloves on and put you on the bench and, and fair just, word. just leave you there. Stop it with that talk. I wanted to play so bad. <laughs> no, I want Goddard this matchup badly, too. Uh, Justin Fields practiced in full on Thursday and Friday. He's ready to go coming out of the bye week. Seven different quarterbacks have topped 20 rushing yards against the Eagles this year. They were Cousins, Wentz, Kyler, Pickett, Tannehill, Danny Jones, and Tyrod Taylor. And Kyler and Jones are the only real running quarterbacks in that group. They're allowing 6.8 yards per carry to quarterbacks this year. So I expect Fields to run forever. forever. I'm not even looking at the incredibly tough passing matchup here. That's all gravy. He's a running back in this game, and he gets a B grade. And we should remember Jordan Davis is back for the Eagles. That plugs up the middle of the field, and that could affect Fields as well. Forever. 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 Uh, Chase Claypool has already been ruled out. Cole Komet is the only receiver in consideration here, and I don't think I'd even start him. The Eagles are top 10 in receptions, yards, and touchdowns allowed to tight ends. If you're looking for four catches and 40 yards, I think that's the ceiling for Komet here. I got a tight end for you later in the show if you're if you're banking on Ooh. Cole Komet. All right. Better I, option. I got a W grade on a tight end later in the show, too. David Montgomery gets a B grade, though. He's certainly a bell cow right now. He'll get 15 touches, and he's probably got the best chance to score outside of fields. Even with what should be a negative game script, Montgomery likely serves as one of the top receiving options with all the issues at wide receiver. And in the last two games where the Bears have lost by 10 or more points, he's still managing at least 14 PPR points in those games. So he's still getting fed. Yeah, it's uh, David Montgomery's been pretty safe in this offense. Absolutely. That is true. When we come back for hour number two of Fantasy Football Weekly, three tough questions, and we continue to break down all of the matchups, including the Pittsburgh Steelers, Carolina Panthers, Najee Harris playing much better of late. Is he a safe start here? Is Carolina going to take control of their division? That all could come together. We'll tell you (laughs) when we come back for hour number two of Fantasy Football Weekly. Please stay tuned. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. 
and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Two Fantasy Football Weekly, Paul Charchi and Matt Harrison and Brian Johnson with you. Thank you for joining. This is a game we like to call Three Tough Questions. We uh, traditionally begin with... Tough question number one. Rest of the season is New York Jets running back Zonovan... Bam, 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 bam. Knight and <laughs> RB1, RB2, flex or bench. We begin with Matt. Uh, so he's been a starter for three weeks. He's only been active for three weeks in his right. career. In PPR leagues, in the last three weeks, he's RB11. He's averaging 18 touches per game. And even when Michael Carter came back last week, he led the touch count 19 to 8. He's made James Robinson, who they traded for midseason, inactive twice in the last three weeks. This coaching staff absolutely believes in him. They're going to keep giving him the ball. Detroit this week. Brian alluded to it, not the best matchup. The final two weeks have him against Jacksonville and Seattle. Both are bottom 10 run defenses. He's a bam, bam, RB1 the rest of the way. All right, Brian, for the rest of the season, is Jets running back Zonovan, bam, 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 Knight, an RB1, RB2, flex, or bench? Yeah, I don't have much to add uh, to, to what Matt said, and I agree, RB1. And saying Seattle is a bottom 10 Rush defense is generous. They are yeah, like, like the bottom run, run defense. Them in Houston are like looking at each other like the, the Jaguars are bad too. Bam might, meme. might yeah. not have a great game this week, but he'll make up for it against Jacksonville and Seattle in week 16 and 17. So RB1. Uh, Zonovan Knight's really good. He's really <laughs> good. I mean, you, you look at him, you go, that guy is running hard. He's fast. He's got power. So I decided, okay, that's what my eyes say. What mm-hmm. does pro football focus think? He's the eighth-graded runner right now by Pro Football Focus. In three weeks. Jonathan Knight. It's the schedule is favorable except for 
this week. Mm-hmm. The really tough matchup. And because we've only got four games left and I've got one of them this this week and really three for the fantasy playoffs, I've got him as a C this week. I think he'll be a B next week at Jacksonville. He's an A against Seattle. C, B, and A averages out to a B, and that is a running back two for Zonovan Knight. Tough question number two. Baltimore running back J.K. Dobbins ran for 120 yards and eight yards per carry in his return last week. Rest of season is J.K. Dobbins a running back one, running back two, flex, or bench. And for this one, we begin with Brian Johnson. Uh, Cleveland this week, somewhat a somewhat neutral matchup than Atlanta and Pittsburgh. Those aren't smash spots like a Seattle or a Jacksonville or a Houston, but it looked like Dobbins earned the starting job back that he kind of never really had. He did when he was last healthy, which was what in 20, yeah, early 2021, 2020. I don't remember. So I'm going to go conservative here and say RB2, but I like him a lot. I mean, this is a run first team now. They do not throw, it doesn't matter who's at quarterback. So I'll go, I'll go safe here and say RB2 for JK. But I love him on his birthday on Saturday. Mm. Uh, Matt, rest of season is J.K. Dobbins and RB1, RB2, flex or bench. You know, Charge, you were kind of on to something last week with the, I don't want anything to do with this I running game. This ride, yes. um, Cleveland this week is the best matchup for him the rest of the way. Um, and I gave him a B in that matchup. And, and, and that's genuinely a bottom five run defense this week. If that's the cap on what we think of J.K. Dobbins right now, I don't think I can even make him an RB2 because I think he's just a C grade the rest of the way. So I have him as a flex. So he posted this gaudy stat line last week, 120 yards. Yeah. Here's what really worries me. He had like a 60-yard run through a wide-open hole, and he was slow. Like, drop the piano slow. (laughs) And he clearly doesn't have his natural gait back yet. I'm telling you. J.K. Dobbins, does, he's still not right on that knee. It's the explosiveness, the acceleration, the top-end speed, all missing. I think we're going to have to wait until next year before we, he comes back. So I don't think it's coming back in the next three weeks for our fantasy uh, playoff run. This is still a crowded backfield. Remember, this is like a 50-50 split with Gus Edwards last week. Schedule, to me, is, is middle of the pack. It's ninth easiest by Rotowire. No stoppers left. I think he gets C grades the rest of the way. You give him a B today. I would yeah. give him a C today. I think he's he's B C grade. I think rest of the way, J.K. Dobbins is a flex play. Tough question number three. In Dynasty Empire and Keeper League, so really any league where you're carrying over players, should playoff teams be allowed to make roster moves? And if so, should the non-playoff teams be allowed to make roster moves? Matt. This is short and sweet. If next year is on the line at all, absolutely you have to let people make roster moves. And I would not play in a dynasty or keeper league that did not allow teams to make roster moves if they're out of the playoffs. That's it. Because? Because you 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 have next year on the line. If you can't make moves for next year and other teams can, that's an unfair advantage. So should should any anybody be allowed? So the question everybody should question. everybody should be allowed so to make roster yes moves. Yes. yes, everybody should be allowed to make moves, including non-playoff. Yes. Teams. Okay, Brian. Same question in Dynasty Empire or Keeper leagues: Should playoff teams be allowed to make roster moves? And if so, should everybody, including non-playoff teams, be allowed? Uh, full agreement with Matt. And I know this isn't part of the question, but I'm going to throw in my opinion, that I think there should be no trade deadlines in Dynasty Leagues either. And I play all, pretty much all the ones I play and have a trade deadline, and I don't like it, but I think there should be no trade deadline. Why? Dynasty What's your thinking? Because 
there's no no one's gonna if your fear of collusion you deal with that after the fact i think you should still be able to make trades to improve your team for the future or even if a few weeks ago right before the trade deadline i felt i was a contender but then you know the s hit the fan and i want i could there's a, a opportunity to trade a player or improve my team for a rebuild i'd have an issue with that in empire yeah, for well, sure. You, because but your empire, you, your empire, your reigning empire champion. Yeah, in many but people would collude trade. against them. Yes, at, at that point in the they playoffs. Well, you you for sure. deal with that if that yeah. if it's if that it's apparent that that was the case. But I don't know. But well, it's not even in, collusion. You're just I, openly but, trying to make that guy but, lose. How, how about in in, in dynasty and keeper leagues? Once you're out of the playoffs, you can start making trades again. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I suppose. Yeah. Here's what would worry like me that. about a, a no trade deadline. Dynasty League, really any league, mm-hmm. it come, it's championship week. Now these teams just like sell. You know, I know I've made it to the championship, mm-hmm. right? I may as well just sell out to do whatever it takes because I'm just down to me. and I got one game to win. I can see a, just basically just a bidding war with these two teams doing whatever it takes to just win one game. And that could that could throw off some of the balance and integrity of the league yeah at that point Sell so I don't, I'm not I'm not keen on the yeah. no I'm not keen on that with me tonight uh correct answer to the core question here in Dynasty Empire and keeper leagues should playoff teams be allowed to make roster moves yes and anything that you are allowing your playoff teams to do you have to allow your non-playoff teams to do as well let's move on to our next matchup which is Brian, Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Carolina Panthers. You sure you want to get into this one? <laughs> because. I don't know. This is a gross it's, game. It's, it's, it's not, hideous. It's not a great game. It'll be um, Well, Mason Rudolph may be your starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, it might come be to him this. or it might be you got the old san, uh, sad uh, trombone. Oh, we will um, always have. Some trombones. I think we've got about like five. Did we get rid versions. of the, the big trombone? I, I had to get rid of the happy trombone <laughs> and the slow dying trombone. Uh, it was good that we got rid of the three trombone sounders on the button bar for yeah. a guy who didn't play. We're down to one. Okay. Well, the band's yeah. on the field. <laughs> Kenny Pickett looking doubtful at this point. Uh, probably not going to clear concussion protocol. So whether it's Trubisky or Rudolph, they're on the bench for me, as are George Pickens and Deontay Johnson because of the quarterback situation uh that is just disgusting i want to throw this out there about deontay johnson real quick though he has the sixth sixth most targets with 113 (laughs) has not scored a touchdown (laughs) that's so hard to do here are the players with the most receiving yards without a touchdown deontay johnson clearly is first with 647 second is tyler higby with 455 nearly 200 less receiving yards (laughs) So that says a lot. I mean, he he'd probably do, but I don't trust uh, Trubisky or Rudolph to uh, get him the ball on painted grass. So Pickens, Deontay Johnson on the bench, as is Pat Fryermuth. Uh, he might not play with a foot issue, but if he does, I still got him on the bench. He's been limited by it, has uh, barely played over 50% of the snaps over the past two weeks, resulting in consecutive games of only three receptions. The Panthers have also surrendered only three touchdowns to tight ends all season. And one of those touchdowns went to Kyle Pitts, who is actually a wide receiver. So I don't like Fryer Muth. He's on the bench. Najee Harris is not, though. He gets to see Jalen Warren returned last week and stole some touches. That's to be expected again. But uh, Harris will lead the way. On paper, not a great matchup, though, since giving up 211 combo yards and five scores to Joe Mixon in Week 9. The Panthers are allowing only 80, 80 combo yards per game to running backs with zero touchdowns, so a tough matchup on paper for Harris, but he is startable with the C. 
Over to the Panthers' side, uh, I'll just throw it out there. Sam Darnold, he is on the bench. I will give a C to DJ Moore, dealing with an ankle injury, but he's Uh trending towards playing. The Steelers are top five in the most receptions and touchdowns surrendered. Why, why are we starting DJ Moore? Did he have a catch last week? He got hurt, but he's <laughs> he's, he's he's supposed to play. It's a good matchup. If we'll call it a C dart, not a C, a C dart on DJ Moore if you're desperate. That sounds like a D grade. And uh, at wide at wide receiver if you're desperate. If you're desperate at running back, I'll throw a couple more C darts at Dante Foreman and Chuba Hubbard. Foreman had 22 touches last week to the 17 from Chuba. But Chuba racked up more yards and scored a touchdown. Props again to Matt on that call. Uh, Give him the peacock there. We'll likely see a timeshare in a somewhat neutral matchup. The Steelers are allowing 128 combo yards and just under one touchdown per game to uh, one total touchdown per game to opposing running backs. So not a great matchup, but if you're desperate at running back, you can start either Foreman and or Hubbard. We're going to try to work in uh, quickly Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans because this is uh, pretty straightforward, although there's one wrinkle in this matchup. And let's go right to that. It's this passing game. I almost considered a B grade on Patrick Mahomes because, get this, Houston allows the fewest passing touchdowns in the league, .9 per game. And it's not entirely because teams just run on Houston. That's a factor. That's why I gave Dak Prescott a C last week in this matchup. I'm telling you, you guys were red hot last week. You absolutely nailed that. Teams run on Houston at the second highest clip, 51%. Now, the Chiefs are not exactly channeling Priest Holmes these days, but we are going to get a good game out of Isaiah Pacheco in this one, and I like him a lot. We'll talk about him in a second. But you got to expect some diminished output from Mahomes because that's how it goes for basically every quarterback that faces Houston. But still, I can't not give him an A grade. Patrick Mahomes. Travis Kelsey likely breaks out of his mini slump here. Any tight end who has had at least five receptions against Houston has turned it into at least 60 yards. So we'll give the A grade to Travis Kelsey. But again, it wasn't as strong as a, of an A grade as he often gets on this show. The only other receiver that you'll want to consider starting is Juju Smith-Schuster, who finally sparked last week after a month of dud games. Uh, and that was probably against a, a Broncos defense that is normally very good. This is a trickier matchup than it looks, though, for reasons I've already discussed. Houston's allowed a league low, get this, four touchdowns to wide receivers all year. It's mid-December, and they've given up four touchdowns to wide receivers. Reed, is, uh, he's got a, like I said, a trickier matchup than it, than it looks like on paper. Um, he's going to line up outside where he usually is, lines up outside most often where he's going to see Derek Stingley and Steven Nelson. They're both banged up. Should one or both miss this game, Juju faces journeyman Desmond King most often, who gave up five catches and a touchdown last week. That would be a positive for him, and that's why I've got a C grade on Juju Smith-Schuster. Not technically a receiver, but another great call by Matt Harrison last week. Jarek McKinnon, you urged people to pick him up last week. He went off on that great box score anyway. Premature speculation. That crazy pass from Patrick Mahomes. Oh, yeah, that was weird. To Jarek McKinnon. Another opportunity here. Houston allows the 10th fewest receptions and receiving yards to the position. Uh, Tony Pollard's four receptions last week were the most by any back since week four against Austin Eckler. But I think McKinnon's going to chip in enough with his five or six carries, like four receptions to be fantasy viable for a third straight week. So we'll give a C grade to Jarek McKinnon here. And then lastly, among the Kansas City Chiefs you care about, Isaiah Pacheco. A grade. He has seen double-digit rushing attempts. 
in five consecutive games on a very solid nearly five yards per carry. Texans giving up 28 rushing attempts per game, 140 rushing yards per game, and 1.2 rushing scores per game to opposing backs. Those are all worst in the league. It's very easy to envision an 18-carry, 100-yard rushing game with a score for Isaiah Pacheco in this game. A grade for him. All the other Kansas City receivers are out. And the short story on Houston is bench, everybody. It's going to be another Davis Mills and Jeff Driscoll platoon. You're not benching Jeff Driscoll on Yahoo, though, because he's tight end eligible. Yeah, you got to play Jeff that. Driscoll at tight end because he's going to – he threw for a touchdown. He's like Taysom Hill with like he is almost – With passing upside. With passing – yeah, passing upside. Passing. Passing. Uh, Brandon Cooks is out. Nico Collins is out. Uh, Chris Moore had a career game last week. I actually thought about putting, giving him a starting grade here but couldn't do it. Rex Burkhead is going to be your starting running back. Damian Pierce has been ruled out. I don't think – I don't think they should play Pierce for the rest of the year. Uh, You could start Rex Burkhead only in desperation PPR mode. Kansas City, a very good run defense, but they have given up the most receptions and the second most receiving yards to opposing running backs. So you could start Burkhead with some hope that maybe he helps you out that way. When we come back, Patriots taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. This is a thorny running back situation with the Patriots, and Matt Harrison will try to guide you through this. Ramondre Stevenson might play. Damian Harris might play. He already told us he likes Pierre Strong in this one. Find out what to do when we come back to Fantasy Football Weekly. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 
Welcome back. Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Chargian. Matt Harrison, Brian Johnson with you. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Paul Charchi, and Matt is at Explosive Output, and Brian is at BTXJ. Got another big block of matchups for you, beginning with a tricky backfield with New England as they take on the Las Vegas Raiders. It's a nice opportunity if you could just figure out what's going to happen here. What do you think, Matt? It's the Patriots, and, you know, the Patriots' questionable way of life. Uh, uh, you never know. You never know with with Belichick. So you're going to have to check at game time. This is a late afternoon game. Yeah, complicating that, matters. That complicates things quite a bit. If you are reliant on Ramondre Stevenson, uh, which I think a lot, a lot of leagues. I think a lot of people are in playoff matchups. I'd go pick up Pierre Strong as kind of the handcuff and go. Okay, I can flex to him if Ramondre mm-hmm. is inactive. I like that angle. Um, I'll give them all C grades here. Provided they play. Mm-hmm. If Ramondre plays, he's a C. If if uh, Harris plays, he's a C. Pierre Strong, I think, gets a C, and I think he's involved in the passing game, as I highlighted, and take a chance on me. But I don't like a lot of it, and if you have better options out there, I'd probably go with them and not try to play the Bill Belichick games. Mm-hmm. Mac Jones was also my take-a-chance-on-me tosser. He gets a C grade as well. <laughs> Uh, it looks like a good matchup for Hunter Henry, but it's actually not. And I'm going to start highlighting some things. There's teams that play against Travis Kelsey, and then there's teams that don't play against Travis Kelsey. Okay. Outside of Travis Kelsey going for 25 yards and four touchdowns in week five, the Raiders haven't allowed a touchdown tight end to a tight end since that date, and only three players in those eight games have topped 50 yards. Mm. Now, Henry managed 70 yards on three catches last week, but yes. that was a much better matchup. Well, oh, that so, was an elite matchup. Yeah, absolutely. Leave him on the bench. Jacoby Myers got a midweek downgrade due to his concussion he suffered two weeks ago. He didn't play last week, and he hasn't practiced in more than just, like, off the field on his own to the side stuff this week. It doesn't sound like he'll go. It makes Nelson Aguilar kind of a deep sleeper here because I do like Mac Jones in the passing game, mm-hmm. and they got to throw it to someone. It is a revenge game for Aguilar, who played with the Raiders for a while. Plus, he's manned the slot more often than not in Myers' absence. Ended up with 10 targets last week, and he should face Amik Robertson, who's allowed three touchdowns from the slot this year. That's the third most in the league. So I got a C grade on Nelson Aguilar, of now, all if, things. if Myers comes back, is Aguilar still startable? I, I think that the C would probably flex to Myers. I was going to give Myers a B if he was healthy in this one because yeah. I like him a lot, but it doesn't sound good on the concussion. He went backwards on Friday, so I don't like that quite a bit. Uh, on the other side, Devontae Adams is an A. Uh, everybody knows the Patriots have a great defense, but top wide receivers have killed them. Justin Jefferson had nine catches, 139 yards, and a, to- a score against this team. Diggs had 792-1. and one. Hopkins had seven for 79. That's just the last three weeks. So no fear about Adams, even though the matchup looks scary. Jalen Mills and Jack Jones on the Patriots trending toward doubtful as well. That also plays in Adams' favor. Josh Jacobs, also an A. In many formats, he's the top running back in fantasy football. He faces a tough test in New England, who's been showing some weakness as of late, though. James Conner managed 114 combo yards and a score last week. The Buffalo combo of James Cook and Devin Singletary combined for 156 yards and a score the week before, so that's why Jacobs is still an A. And then the only other Raider you would start in a fantasy playoff situation is Derek Carr. He gets a B. The Patriots have allowed multiple passing scores to three of the last six quarterbacks they've faced, but the other three that didn't do it were Colt McCoy, 
Zach Wilson, and Sam Ellinger. And by the way, one of them that did do it was also Zach Wilson. <laughs> Carr has thrown for multiple scores in five of his last six games, and in those six, he's been averaging 250 yards per game, so he's just a solid B. Cincinnati takes on Tampa Bay, Brian. Cincinnati, we, we had talked that we thought Samaje Pirine had earned more looks going forward, but then last week, Joe Mixon got almost all the work. Pirine just got four four carries in the game. Yeah, it is four carries for Pirine. He did score the, did, the rushing touchdown, the touchdown, though. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to give Pirine a C here and Mixon and B. It's just because the Bucks are so banged up on defense. Uh, nose tackle, Vita Vea. It's been ruled out. Linebacker Carl Nassib is ruled out. Linebacker Jannard mm-hmm. Avery is ruled out. There's Injuries in the secondary we'll talk about in a minute. And the Bucks have allowed 306 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns to running backs over their last two games. So a wow. B for Mixon and a C for P. Ryan. I'm, I'm a little nervous about P. Ryan, like you said, the, the workload. But this seems like a, a game that the Bengals should win handily. So uh, I like both here. Obviously, like Jamar Chase, he gets an A, not going into that uh, anymore at all. Not so obvious are T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Um, just going to give both of them a C. Higgins has the hamstring, as we all learned last week. Uh, he can kill you by just saying he's going to play and then just doesn't play. But uh, it's a good matchup. Uh, Jamel Dean, the Bucks' top cornerback, has been ruled out. Antoine Winfield Jr., questionable to play, as is uh, Tampa Bay's other starting safety, Mike Edwards. He is questionable to play. So I will give Higgins and Boyd a C here, but monitor their status leading up to kickoff, of course. But... They are startable. And I said I had a tight end for you if you're yeah. very desperate, and it's Mitchell Wilcox. Oh, you wow. did this yet yeah, last week. Well, I mentioned him, but I didn't give him the starting <laughs> grade. I didn't like the matchup, but I like the matchup here. Uh, Hayden Hurst, doubtful to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just talked about T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. They're both kind of banged up. You don't know how much you can trust them. And on paper, a good matchup for Wilcox. The Bucks are allowing more than five catches and 50 yards per game to tight ends, and they've surrendered a score to the position in two of their last three. So, Again, super desperate. Mitchell Wilcox, Mitchell Wilcox could be yeah. the seed. If, if Tyler Boyd can't, you know, if that finger injury means he can't catch a pass, even they just like decoy him, even if he's active. Yeah, maybe the middle of the field. We're going to see a lot more Mitchell Wilcox. Mitchell Wilcox and Joe Burrow, uh, easy A there. Some people call him Wontcox. We call him <laughs> Wilcox on this show. Uh, we, like don't, we do, don't we? Yeah, we do. Uh, over to the Tampa Bay side, not a lot to like here. I will give Rashad, Rashad White a, a C, Leonard Fournette a bench grade. Tristan Wirfs, offensive lineman, should make his return, which would be a huge help for White, who outtouched Fournette 18-10 to 10 last week but not a great matchup. The Bengals have only allowed 70 rushing yards per game to running backs over the last three weeks, but they have surrendered five catches and 50 yards per game to the position during that span. And White is the pass catching back as of now, so he gets the C while Fournette is on the bench. Just to see for Chris Godwin, even though Bengals cornerbacks Mike Hilton and Jalen Davis could miss this game, Hilton is the slot corner and he's very good. Uh, so that would be a huge boon for Godwin if he yeah. sits. I'd move Godwin up to his C if Hilton is out. But if Hilton plays just a C for Godwin, over the last five weeks, Hilton is allowing two and a half catches and 29 scoreless yards per game. Uh, and over to Mike Evans, I got him on the bench regardless, sadly. He's fallen outside the top 24 wide receivers on the season, and the Bengals have allowed the second fewest wide receiver touchdowns on the year. Only six. You know, I mean, for all the talk we've had of other players who have had horrific seasons that aren't injury related, like Alvin Kamara, like you know one A, 
Mike Evans is right here. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has been a disaster season because you've been starting him virtually every week or probably every week, and you're getting nothing out of him. So are you actually going bench grade? Are we finally going bench grade I, yeah, Mike I, I Evans? Bench. I said All right. benching Evans, and I'm benching Tom Brady, who's had a mind-boggling 109 pass attempts total over the last two games, and he'll need to throw the ball 50-plus times to post any kind of serviceable numbers against Cincinnati the Bengals have surrendered multiple passing touchdowns just once all season, and they own the lowest opponent completion percentage in the league at 59%. So Brady, yet again, a very dicey start. I think there are better options in one-quarterback leagues than Tom Brady. Somehow I drew the Colt McCoy versus Brett Rippon game. <laughs> um, not a lot to talk about Sure, that here. one's on primetime. Uh, let me... <laughs> Knowing this year, yes. By the way, we're in the middle of our three straight Rams primetime games this week. Uh, McCoy, let me just mention this, throws a massive damper on the whole offense. He has got the NFL's shortest average throw at six yards so far in his three basically full games this year. And that's consistent with who he's been for four seasons now. You know, Charge, you, you had a Colt McCoy, Kyler Murray kind of tough question that you, you took out. And I did a little research on, okay. on on Colt McCoy here. By the way, of the highest eight passing totals for the Cardinals this year, three of them were McCoy. <laughs> of James Conner's best five fantasy scores this year, three of them have been in McCoy games. All three of McCoy's games, by the way. The worst game DeAndre Hopkins had in a McCoy game was seven for 79. And Marquise Brown has only played with him once and had eight targets. Yeah. I Colt McCoy might be better for this offense uh, okay. than I, Kyler I, Murray. I'm going to parry that with this. <laughs> Over the last four seasons, Colt McCoy keeps finding himself into starting roles due to injury <laughs> to the starter. He's thrown 300 passes in the last four years yeah. with four touchdowns. <laughs> I'm 300 attempts. That's amazing. How bad that is. It's a, Everybody <laughs> suffers here, I think. I do have starting grades on two players, James Conner. Going to get extra use, to be clear, but I think nobody's helped by the Colt McCoy takeover. You're a little more optimistic than I am, Matt, and that's fine. Connor's been shockingly spry when healthy. To my eyes, he's looked actually pretty good. Broncos have a good, not great run defense over the past five weeks. They're allowing four yards per carry, 95 rushing yards, zero touchdowns per game. That's why I've got the C grade on James Conner if he's going to get most of those 95 yards and zero touchdowns. DeAndre Hopkins stays startable, um, but he's going to get a big dose of Patrick Sertan. He's one of the best cornerbacks in the league, and he shadows opposing number one receivers, and that's going to be the case here. Sertan allowed one catch for 12 yards in his coverage last week against Patrick Mahomes. This is Colt McCoy. Sertan has had (laughs) one bad game all year, but it was to Devontae Adams, a similarly built physical receiver. So I've still got a C grade on DeAndre Hopkins. Everybody else is on the bench. Uh, Marquise Brown, his old bit is run fast, run long. That's the opposite of the Colt McCoy six yards average throw. Rondell Moore's been ruled out of this game, and that's that's it. Nobody else even matters. Let's go to the Denver side. Uh, Not a lot to like here in a Brett Rippon-led offense, but you could start Greg Dulcich. Uh, Mm. He goes up against the team that ranks dead last in receptions, yards, and touchdowns to tight end. So I got a B grade on Greg Dulcich. He hasn't scored since his first NFL game back in week six, but he's coming off back-to-back eight target games, including many of them from Brett Rippon last week. Then Jerry Judy, startable because Cortland Sutton's going to miss another game. 
Rippon hit him with a touchdown late in last week's game, targeted him with half his passes after relieving Russell Wilson last week. And we'll want to watch the status of Arizona cornerback Byron Murphy. If he misses another game, it turns into a very plus matchup for Jerry Judy. Currently have a C grade. We'd upgrade him to a B grade if Byron Murphy is out. And then lastly, the only other Bronco you care about is Latavius Murray. Cardinals run defense is pretty good. Uh, only two backs have topped 100 yards all season. It took both of them 20 touches to get there. Murray's hit 17 touches twice since the Melvin Gordon departure, so he could creep towards 100 yards here. But he's coming off an eight-carry game, so this is a, he's still very risky here, and I can only get myself to give you a C grade on Latavius Murray. In this game. So there was the Madden curse. Now we have the in season hard knocks curse, which got the Colts last year. Oh, their yeah. season went yeah, down, down the toilet. Yeah. And yeah. The, we all know what's happened to the Cardinals this year. It's not good. When we come back, Tennessee taking on the LA Chargers. Is there anybody outside of Derrick Henry with a glimmer of hope in that offense for Tennessee? We'll tell you when we come back to Fantasy Football Weekly. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Final segment, Fantasy Football Weekly, Playoff Edition. We've got three more matchups to get to, hopefully to power you through and into the second round, the semifinals of your playoffs. Tennessee takes on the Chargers, Matt. This is an obvious great opportunity for Derrick Henry, who rebounded off a pretty tough month or so with a big game last week. 
is a bad Chargers run defense. Yeah, there's a certain animal that we're going to give Derrick Henry this oh, week. Oh, you don't say. It starts with two A's. Does it? Is it that animal? It's that right art, that oh, aardvark nice. right there. Now, wait. You're sure it's not? Yeah, I'm sure. Okay, all right. Um, by the way, Dontrell Hilliard already been ruled out, so it's Julius Chestnut backing him oh. up. And I mostly just wanted to say Julius, Julius Chestnut, Chestnut because oh, it like sounds it. like a competing <laughs> Anchorman from the Anchorman movie. That's Julius Chestnut from Channel 6. I like that. Uh, Chargers allowing By the, the way, somebody's going to go hit some DFS jackpot with that guy. <laughs> Derrick Henry either like sits early, yeah. like they get way up, sits early, or gets hurt, and somebody's going to try Julius Chestnut. Well, well, if he gets any carries, he'll get 5.5 yards per carry yeah, against the yeah, Chargers, like D. Traylon Burks already been ruled out. He was the only Titans wide receiver I would have considered this week. Uh, another receiver that you can consider Chigazam Okonkwo, who tallied six catches, 45 yards, and a score last week. Mm-hmm. I think he's worth my patented W grade for the tight end w wasteland. With, is that withdraw? Oh, it's wasteland. <laughs> yeah, only in the wasteland can you start Chig Okonkwo. Um, the Chargers look neutral on paper against the tight end, but we're going to go back to the Chiefs' tight ends again. Mm-hmm. If you eliminate just the two games against the Chiefs' tight ends, the Chargers are almost the best tight end defense in the league. Wow. Outside of the Chiefs, in the other 11 games, they're allowing 2.9 catches and 42 yards per game to the wow. tight end position right. and have only allowed one other tight end score. Okay. So they've been very good. Although, a lot of that's Derwin James, and he's trending doubtful in this mm-hmm. one. So Chigakonkwo with the W grade. Uh, Ryan Tannehill isn't the quarterback that got you to the fantasy playoffs. He's a series of unfortunate events that brought you to this. <laughs> I'll give him a C grade. The upside is the Chargers have allowed three of the last four quarterbacks they've faced to throw for multiple scores. And two of the last five quarterbacks have scored a rushing touchdown, and you might need that rushing score out of Tannehill here. It's a Derrick Henry game script. I'd rather use other options than Tannehill, but he's there. On the Chargers side, let's fire up the passing game. Justin Airbear. <laughs> Keenan Allen. Oh, love him. Mike Williams. Uh, all great players. All eight A grades in this one. Josh Palmer, a B grade. The Titans are allowing 300 passing yards per game. That's the second most in the league. The second most touchdown passes at 25 in 13 games, almost two per game. The third most receptions and yards allowed to opposing wide receivers. 18 touchdowns to opposing wide receivers. Mm. Seven different instances of a wide receiver topping or sorry, four different instances of a wide receiver topping 75 yards and scoring That's in just the last three weeks. Yeah, we'd take that. All three of the Chargers wide receivers saw six or more targets last week. All three of them topped 50 yards. Of course, Mike Williams came back, caught all six of his targets for 116 and a score. Keenan Allen saw 14 targets and yeah, t- caught 12 of them. Yes. Palmer is the upside play, but he was still heavily involved last week and got over 50 yards. They've also allowed the third most receptions and the second most yards to opposing tight ends, which brings in Gerald Everett with a B grade. The passing game, all a green light here. Mm. And the passing game includes Austin Eckler, of course. His grade's a little more tricky. He's the last guy I'm going to mention here. I'm going to give him a very solid B grade. The Titans are awesome against the run. They've only allowed 63 rushing yards per game and only four total touchdowns to opposing running backs all year through land on the sea in the air uh, maybe the space force yeah like all all that only four touchdowns they have however allowed the fourth most receptions 
to opposing backs at about six per game. Hey, is Austin Eckler good at pass catching? I think he might be. He's going to be very relevant in this one. The Chargers are playing for their playoff lives in the final four weeks of the season. It's all systems go. I think it's a huge game for the whole Chargers offense here. All right. I'm with you on most uh, all of that. The Giants take on the Commanders, Brian. Saquon Barkley just limping to the finish line, and this might be his toughest matchup of the entire year as he travels to Washington to face one of the league's best run defenses. Yeah, this is a weird game. I mentioned this in TACOM, how these teams played in week 13 two weeks ago. Washington was on bye last week. Right. So they're getting the back Giants. Back, so they've essentially been scheming to play the Giants for the last three weeks. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so needless to say, I don't like the Giants a whole lot in this game. And, and when they played in week 13, they finished in a tie. Yeah. So the stats I'm going to reference are a little misleading because they essentially got an extra, extra quarter, quarter of yeah. football. So the numbers sound good, but they're not as good as they really are. So uh, starting with Barkley, yeah, who's faded. Big time. Only played 31% of the snaps last week because of the neck injury. Thankfully, he hasn't been on the injury report this week, so that's good. But the matchup is not. The commanders are allowing just 78 rushing yards per game. And Barkley only had 63 yards on 18 carries two weeks ago in that first matchup. He did catch five passes, though, so you're still going to start him. But uh, temper your expectations. Do not start Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodgins, or Richie James. They're all on the bench. Hodgins actually scored in the first meeting, and he scored last week against Philly. He's an interesting dynasty stash if you're a dynasty player out there with an open bench spot. Six foot four. He's, he's looked kind of good, but on the bench in this one, uh, all the wide receivers are, as is Daniel Bellinger, the tight end. He might not even play. Only 24 scoreless yards in the first meeting in five quarters. And Daniel Jones on the bench as well. He did have 200 passing yards and a passing touchdown with 71 rushing yards, but that's uh, his ceiling. And again, it was five quarters of football, which likely won't happen again this week. Over to the Washington side, love Brian Robinson this week. I have a B on him right now. If mm. Leonard Williams sits again, uh, it's an A Agreed. for Brian Robinson. I, I think Robinson's going to post his best game of, the, of his career right yeah. here. Leonard Williams did play in the first meeting, so uh, Robinson and Antonio Gibson just had modest numbers. But with Williams out last week, we saw the Eagles tear him up. Baston Scott might take a chance on me running back, even scored against the Giants last week. So, like Robinson uh, with the B at, at, at worst, A if Williams sits. Antonio Gibson was my take a chance on me running back. Either way, I think Washington just rolls with the Giants in this one. Uh, that's why Terry McLaurin gets an A as well. Terry. The Giants had been shredded by opposing wideouts since top cornerback Adoree Jackson was lost to injury three weeks ago. He has been ruled out for this game. And since Jackson's been out, the Giants have allowed four wide receiver touchdowns over their last three. And opposing number one receivers have averaged six catches for 94 yards, which includes McLaurin's eight catches for 105 yards and a touchdown in week 13. Uh, so I like Jahan Dotson with a C here. He caught a touchdown in week 13 on nine targets, caught hmm. five of them. I'm going to bench Curtis Samuel, though. There's just, I don't know if there's enough to go around in this one. I just don't think the Giants are going to keep pace for all the, uh, the pass catchers on Washington to be viable. But I think Logan Thomas could be viable in the tight end wasteland. So I'll give him a W. Am I allowed to do that, Matt? Yeah, you okay, can do cool. that. I'll give W's are w. for everybody. Hardvarks are for me. Me alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Anyone can use the Fonzie. Who's going to get your fantasy funds? I didn't give one this week. This it's not. It's not no. Oh, I'll give it to Terry McLaurin. Hey! <laughs> yeah! Terry McLaurin. Terry's so happy. 
Uh, Logan Thomas, not the Fonzie, but we'll give him a C. Uh, opposing tight ends are averaging more than five catches and 60 yards per game against New York. We will take that in the wasteland, but I'm going to bench Taylor Heineke here. He did have 275 yards and two touchdowns in the first meeting, but for the last time, there was five quarters of football played in that game, and that's not going to happen again, most likely. All right, final matchup. Rams taking on the Packers. Cam Akers was my take a chance on me running back. I mentioned that earlier, and I've only got one of their Rams player with a starting grade, and that's Tyler Higby as a high-risk dart throw. He's been, frankly, basically bad. Do you want to give him a W grade, Church? No, I don't. Why not? Because I'm, I'm <laughs> giving a C grade as a high-risk dart throw. <laughs> Uh, pretty much every week an opposing tight end is finding fantasy points against the Packers. In the last six games, six tight ends have scored or topped 72 receiving yards. Now, Higby's been mostly a disaster, but if you know, if you're if you are desperate in the wasteland, you can give a C grade to Tyler Higby. The rest of the passing game's on the bench. Even though the Packers secondary hasn't been very good since the Eric Stokes injury. Uh, but I I'm not a believer in Baker Mayfield, even with last last week's magical end of that game, he still only threw for 180 yards and one touchdown in the game. And sure, he knows more of the playbook now, but is that even a positive for Baker Mayfield? <laughs> I think he had his like, best scenario was like, Sandlot nobody knows football. what's coming. Yeah. yeah. So I just, I can't get myself to put a starting grade on any of the LA receivers here. And um, I can't do it for Baker Mayfield either. It, by the way, Mayfield's averaging 0.8 touchdowns of production per game this year. Let's go to the Green Bay side. Uh, Aaron Jones gets a C grade. Presumably, Jones comes out of the bye week healthier because he was running on empty before the bye week, and we were seeing A.J. Dillon get a bunch of usage. But Jones is the way better back, and I think assuming he's he's healthy now and he's off the injury report, I think he gets most of the work. But the Rams' defense has been good all year, even without Aaron Donald the past few weeks. So even if Donald doesn't go, I, or does, yeah, even if he doesn't go, it's not a sure thing for Jones. I can get him to a C grade here, and that's it. And I'm putting A.J. Dillon back on the bench because, again, I think it's going to be an Aaron Jones-led offense, and the Rams' run defense is good. So I'm not starting Aaron Jones in a playoff game. Let's go to the passing game. I want to start with Christian Watson. So in Watson, we have a red-hot scorer against Jalen Ramsey, who's allowed the most passing touchdowns, including one score every seven receptions. So Watson's touchdown rate is absurd. It's the, I think, eight touchdowns on like 30 receptions, something ridiculous like that. And he's he had a rushing, I think he, he has, a rushing he has two rushing touchdowns Does this he? season. Yeah. yeah, impressive. If you extrapolate him, he's like 38 Touch- touchdowns on the season. On the nice. season yeah. Yeah. Um, over the last five weeks, the Rams are allowing the most receptions per game, the fourth most yards per game, and five touchdowns to opposing wideouts. So... There's a lot of reason to continue to start Christian Watson in this one. I've only got the B grade on him because I feel like the other shoe's got to drop at some point. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's here, but I can't give you, honestly, a reason for that other than it just feels like it's unsustainable what he's been doing. C grade on Alan Lazard. The Rams have proven themselves capable of supporting massive games from multiple receivers. They allowed 120 yards or more to both DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett two weeks ago. 90 or more to DeAndre Hopkins and Rondell Moore five weeks ago. So, in theory, Lazard can do a little something here. But, honestly, Watson's killed Lazard this year. The one thing Lazard was good at was scoring touchdowns. That's all dried up now because Watson's getting all those touchdowns. I can just get the C grade on Lazard, but do consider him to be quasi-startable in this game. 
And then that brings us lastly to Aaron Rodgers. Since getting blown out in the opener, Aaron Rodgers has thrown a touchdown pass in every game with multiple scores in nine of the last 12. The Rams dominated Derek Carr last week, but had surrendered 300 passing yards or more or three to passing touchdowns in three straight games. So I think Rodgers continues to do okay here, and I've got a big grind on Aaron Rodgers in this game as well. Hmm. What so makes starters here. Watson's season more remarkable is how he dropped that wide-open bomb touchdown, yeah. like the first right. play. <laughs> it was the first play of their season. Against the Vikings, yeah, and you're mm-hmm. just like, oh, this isn't going to work out. <laughs> no, it looked bad at that moment. But, and then he out. didn't play for seven weeks. Yep. And then Watson is gone completely berserk. Uh, I want to leave you guys with this. This Jordan Mason cat's pretty darn good for San Francisco. Meow. I think there's a scenario next season. Christian McCaffrey is going to be drafted in, like, the top five of drafts next year, right? Probably. Top five picks. He'll probably be first overall if he stays healthy the well, rest of Justin the season. Justin Jefferson's well, going to make that it, tricky. It depends. Travis yeah, Kelsey's yeah, yeah. going to make that tricky. But, you know, top five, let's Safe. just say, for yes, McCaffrey. definitely. Very likely gets hurt at some point because it seems to be a lot. Although McCaffrey's been mostly healthy this year. Jordan Mason's going to end up – he's going to end up being a factor at some point next season. Yeah. Don't you feel like San Francisco just – keeps finding running backs and they keep getting rid of running backs and yeah. it's it's just like his dad Mike Shanahan kept finding running backs out of nowhere it's true like Olandis Gary and stuff like that come on Shanahanigans yep. yeah it's you know it's it's a remarkable story Elijah Mitchell will be back next year too and that's going to muddy things up but nah. I think Jordan Mason looks better than Elijah Mitchell did I don't know that kid feels like one man. of those names that we're 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 excited about now but they're totally off the radar by this time next year not me. Okay. I'm, tell, I'm, I'm planting my flag right okay. now. Jordan Mason next year is going to win some games and maybe even be a league winner if Christian McCaffrey has a horrific injury, which we do not wish on anybody. Uh, thank you for listening. Best of luck in the playoffs, everybody. Yeah, good luck. Come back next week because you're still going to be alive, and we're going to be here to help you in the playoffs next week as well. Talk to you for the semifinals next week. Bye-bye, everybody. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits. LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids, Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. 
Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.